This is Being Right, with your hosts, Maxwell Being and Clifford Wright. In today's episode, we'll be exploring the presidential election, and of course, America. Wait, we should definitely do that. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah, he's not. For people who are just tuning in, uh, which is everyone since this is our first episode, why don't you uh, tell people what we're all about? We talk about whatever we really want to, but focus on America. Yep. Conservatism. That too. Freedom. Yep. And not Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not him. Uh, this episode, our uh, pilot, if you... I, why do we call them pilots? That's a great question. They fly planes? They do. They do. And that is like the takeoff of something? Yeah. Or is okay. that the, the head of the string? Just like a pilot is at the head of a plane? I don't get it, but I'll pretend I do. All right, rock that. Yeah, so this is our pilot, and we're just going to give you a tasting. Lots of different topics, kind of jump around. You get a feel for our dry but devilishly witty sense of humor. I. Me too. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Without further ado. Um, the debate was, uh, was, was uh, oh, uh, I'd say two weeks ago, would you say? I have no idea. I've been perpetually drunk since then. It's been New Year's. Right. So, yes, we are, we are recording this on New Year's, which is a considerable amount of time later. But, um, yeah, the race is shaping up. Iowa's coming up. It, uh, it really has been probably the most exciting race I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, in my adult life, which is... Been at least three years now. It's considerable. It's yeah. very considerable. I'm yeah. an old man. I'm th- yes. thinking about retirement. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've been investing my 401k. That's my, oh, yeah. Very responsible. But uh, I'm not counting on Social Security. Right. Of course. You're a Republican. You, you got a head on your shoulders. Yeah. Uh, it's already been stolen. Everyone's told me that. Last debate, everybody told me. Yeah, that was a big topic. Everybody was uh, very fear-mongering was a word I heard a lot. And I, I'm not so sure. Fear-mongering sounds disingenuous. Sounds like there's nothing to fear and that people are pretending there is, and I think there's quite a bit to be worried about. Yeah, when somebody uh, points a gun at me and says, give me uh, 10% of your money or I will lock you in a cage, and uh, they then call them fear-mongering to come out. I know, yeah. It's like when muggers come up to me on the street. I say, you're fear-mongering. You're fear-mongering. Or no, 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 no. It's it's I that's fear-mongering, actually. You think about it. Yeah, you should never tell anybody you were right, mugged. Exactly. You'll only spread fear. Yeah, exactly. I was mugged yesterday, and they say you're spreading fear. Um, that's exactly right. So don't that, ask, don't tell. Really. No, just for the listeners at home, I was going to say viewers, but thankfully for them, they don't have to look at us. <laughs> yeah, for the people at home, just trust us. You're, you're better off that way. Um, Face for radio. But uh, can you explain why it's so important to win these early states, and especially in such a crowded race, what the implications are? Uh, of potentially not having a clear winner. But when you have this many candidates, you have to find a way to stand up, stand out. And you might be a billionaire, um, but short of that, uh, you're going to need something like a, a win. All of a sudden, you're that guy that won. That makes you stand out. And in order to get there, you have to stand out in a different way, which means you have to stand out to either Iowans or New Hampshireans. You have to stand out to one of them because then you are not just a Fiorina, right? Which is which means like somebody who doesn't stand out. It's crazy. Uh, he's so right because 
Whenever I look at it, that's my stick being right. <laughs> whenever I look at it, uh, the candidates who don't win, they never end up winning. You know, you're so you don't even know. I've gone through the numbers, and literally, do uh, you know? Take a guess. How many candidates in U.S. history have won no states and won the race? Oh, I'm gonna say seven. Slower. No. Mm-hmm. Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know any other numbers. Lower. None. None. Zero. How does that math work out? I was saying where we put forth no nominee. What would you do? Uh, where are we getting really far? What would you I, do? I'd pick Jesus. Jesus. I like that. He's good. Uh, I would actually, I have a better one than Jesus. Who's that? It's Ronald Reagan. I would pick Ronald Reagan. To be nominee. That's a great option. Exhume him. Bring him back. Zombie Reagan. But uh, thankfully, it looks like there are a number of nominees who are going to win it. Uh, so where were we? Uh, I think we were about to talk about the man who we've been blatantly ignoring, uh, yes. the doctor. Yes. The doctor, Rampal. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ben Carson was... He's the doctor, by the way. He's the for doctor. Our, for our confused yeah. viewers. The doctor is Dr. Ben Carson. And he was the absolute darling of the party. He wowed a number of people, myself included. Just speaks common sense really grabbed me by not allowing himself to be bullied yeah i think that's right uh what's really interesting the phrase common sense is is so apt here because two candidates trump and carson have been speaking a sense that's so common (laughs) it's almost only spoken in hushed doors like you know what i mean they would say controversial things that a lot of people feel um, and they don't feel comfortable saying it. And that's why I think really the theme of, of a huge portion of this race has been just PC culture and, and, and revolting against it. And Carson had a lot of crazy lines, or lines that would be mocked, and they were mocked, and people loved him for it. Uh, and it's very interesting, the reaction to it. Yeah, he said some crazy things that were up there with, um, when Mitt Romney said that Russia was our biggest international threat. A few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not Al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. That was crazy. He's got his foreign policy from the 1980s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, what Obama, a crazy man. Well, was uh, far smarter, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so much smarter. <laughs> Well, developing tonight, new problems in the standoff between America and Russia. We are hearing that Russia is tightening its grip over parts of Ukraine. That 16,000 Russian troops are now deployed in the Crimea region. Vladimir Putin has ordered 150,000 Russian troops to Syria. But anyway, back to Carson. Carson was willing to call out uh, political correctness issues. He was willing to claim that the... uh, Pyramids, stored food. Um, yes. My own personal theory is that Joseph built the pyramids in order to store grain. Now, all the archaeologists think that they were made for the pharaoh's graves, but, you know, it would have to be something awfully big. You'd stop and think about it. I don't think it would just disappear over the course of time to store that much grain. And, uh, you know, various scientists have said, well, you know, there were alien beings that came down and they had special knowledge and that's how they were. You know, it doesn't require an alien being when God is with you. That's one that everybody's secretly been thinking. <laughs> it's just piece of culture kept it down. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've been at dinner parties. And, um, and I want to say, like, you know, do you realize 
just how much the pyramids were built to store food. <laughs> it's happening all around us, and nobody's talking about it. And Carson, and this is a true story, he, he went up and he said, yeah, that's so true, that's a great example. I was also thinking about, um, there are a number of very controversial topics. So, for example, when he's talking, the one of the, the big ones was that he talked about how if Jews had guns, that the Holocaust would have been uh, slightly mitigated, would have been lessened in, in effect. And um, this is certainly not something people are just want to say and can't say, but I think it's something a lot of people agree with, and he was roundly mocked. Um, uh, how do you feel about that? So you want to make sure we keep America, America. Yeah. And don't let it become Germany or Europe. In general. <laughs> that would be the worst. Yeah, it doesn't mean Germany. In fact, I prefer Germany to France at if, this point. If you're going to pick um, anywhere in Europe, it might as well be Germany, and that tells you everything. Yeah. But the Second Amendment allows you to protect yourself. It it really dis disincentivizes the state from coming at you. Now, but tell me, Max, U.S. citizens having guns is not going to prevent the army from killing them, right? So, so the idea that we're going to have an armed resistance, okay, it's almost like a mathematical impossibility, right? True or false, the U.S. Army is the greatest thing to ever live. The U.S. Army uh, is not a lot. The U.S. Army is just people. As Mitt Romney famously said about corporations, corporations are just people, and the Army is also just people. The Army is people, my friends. That's how Mitt Romney would phrase it. <laughs> but the Army is made up of the greatest people in the world, Americans. So yes, it is the greatest That's so wise, right? But is it not the greatest fighting force in the history of the world? Absolutely. Right. And so how could the greatest fighting force in the history of the world lose? That's what I'm saying. Like, could God make a burrito so hot he couldn't eat it? But that doesn't necessarily mean that the individual citizens have to own guns, does it? That just means you have to have a, an honorable military. Couldn't you have private citizens be helpless sheep? Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, and... I'm in New York. I've been breathing this New York air. Uh, trust the government. They are wise. They know what you want. Um, they should provide your goods and services. They should protect you. Max! Max! Oh, goodness. Happy again. <laughs> you gotta watch out. This is, this is getting serious. You gotta go to... Uh... Sorry, I just had a flash of being a liberal. Never mind. <laughs> uh, no, I think that... Yeah, uh, hot flashes. There's gotta be a word for that. Like, just when you think like a liberal for a very short period of time. Uh, no. Snap out of it. Thankfully, my common sense came back to me. Uh, the Constitution needs to be respected. Yep. As is, if you if you have a problem with it, you amend it. We have a, we have a path for that. Get out. Yeah, you can get out of country. And don't take my job with you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what's so interesting about the immigration debate. It, everybody's like, are you pro-immigration? Are you anti-immigration, right? Are you pro-America, I, I prefer? Um, <laughs> pro-immigration or pro-America. There are jobs that are not long for this world, but they're done by Americans. Woo! And that is a great thing, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we have people working. We have people uh, making money, doing great American work. And instead of sending those low labor jobs to China we make our, or Japan, we make our cars here, right? We mine our coal here. <laughs> Right. Oh, Instead of taking our coal mines and shipping it to China, we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> but instead of buying Chinese coal, for example. My answer is ideology. That's one word. And it's very vague. And I, I say that intentionally because it's hard for somebody to say you're wrong when you're vague. Right, right. That's and I'm right. in the business of being right. Yeah. <laughs> we're both right. We're both, we're both right. We're always right. But only right. I'm correct. <laughs> but um, it's a very interesting topic. But I think that's a, that was very vague, but also very right. It's so easy to agree with. <laughs> it was, but I, 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 um, I think that's so true. Uh, ideology has definitely changed. We made a government 
that couldn't change. All right, that was the key. And then we set it in motion on the path we wanted. We had a constitution that was uh, that re reflected the founders' values. Right. So we set the ship in motion, and so you can't steer. Right, pretty much. And we only steered a couple times in our life. Right. If you don't count the Bill of Rights, which were passed, you know, a few years after the Constitution was itself was passed. Um, if you don't count the Bill of Rights, we really had very few amendments. We had right after the Civil War, we had a, we had a string of them, and otherwise we, we had a, like a couple like women voting that really improved the Constitution, and that was about it. Is very rare because that's how it's supposed to be. But then what we did is starting an FDR. It's not a coincidence that FDR on uh, it didn't change. We started having things called agencies. And if you look at how much they've changed government, it'll astounding. Agencies write their own law, right? Now, they're theoretically subject to Congress, but Congress was made to be really inefficient. So it's a really inefficient uh, watchdog. Now, agencies make their own law. They execute their own law, right? They, they do their own uh, checking if people did it or not. They're their own police. And they adjudicate their own law. They are their own judge. They are their judge, their jury, their executioner, right? They are everything. I wish they were their own do. executioner. And there are dozens. <laughs> there are dozens of them, right? I, I think there may be hundreds, but I, I don't want to speak out of turn. There are dozens of these things. It's your turn. I promise you're All being right. right. There are hundreds. <laughs> I, I think thousands. Yeah, that, it's my turn next. <laughs> okay, now it's your turn. Thousands. Wow, that's a lot. Um, and my turn, yeah. Yeah, it's your turn. Uh, yeah, hundreds of these things. And, um, and what they do is they can make, and, and so now you have hundreds of little armies passing laws, right? The EPA passes all these crazy laws. When Obama wants to get something done, he goes to the EPA. He can't do it himself. He goes to the EPA. And they're all under the executive, the one guy in government who's supposed to be efficient. And so he has all this power. And I will just talk about something so we can say we talked about it before it was cool. But if no moderates emerge and the race becomes between Cruz and Trump, people in Washington will be tearing their hair out, which probably a good thing, right? They don't have much hair left. <laughs> They're old geezers. They tear their hair out, but look for something to shake up. Now, I said it might be rule changes, right? Um, that's something to look out for, but there's also something else. Someone else. And it's something you wear on your hand. Especially in the cold. Especially in the cold. It's my boy, Cornelius Glove, right? He is going to be a force. In his, no, it's Mitt. My boy Mitt, right? Mitt Romney uh, said, and it's very interesting his wording, ages ago. Now, of course, the chances he come in are extremely slim. So I don't want to get my, my beloved listeners' hopes up. But the situation in which he would come back was if the race was in chaos. And if you had told him that the race, if you had told him a year ago, that the race was between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. Now, again, we, we said keep an eye out for Cruz. He's got a lot of strength to him. This is not a knock on them. This is a knock on the establishment. The establishment hates Ted Cruz. And yet he is their preferred candidate to Donald Trump. And those are their two options. Mitt Romney was very clear that he would not come back unless things really fell apart and they needed somebody. And he may come back. And i got to tell you, there are a lot of people who are looking at Cruz, who are looking at Trump, who are supporting them. Where if Mitt came back, they would start supporting Mitt. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on in this race. And, um, you know, there's a lot to talk about. So each episode, we're going to come out with a, with a new topic, something interesting, something fun. And, um, you know, we, we should be putting them out about uh, once a week. 
Uh, and as the election goes on, I mean, this is the perfect time to start. Uh, that's why we started. And um, it's going to be fun. And, 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 and we hope you enjoyed this, this very brief episode. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll end with our tagline, as per always. And uh, this is um, <laughs> being right. We may not always be correct, but we're always right. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to Being Right with your host, Clifford Bean and Maxwell Wright. Brought to you by Freedom, Courage, and of course, America.